Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Good morning, good evening, or good afternoon. You're currently locked into two of the coldest brothers on the planet right now. This is the Porsche Podcast, and I'm your co-host, B. Jones, a.k.a. Bolo, and you know when I'm pulling up to the porch. Can't pull up without my dog. Yeah, you already know what's going on, man. It's your boy, Big Smitty, a.k.a. D-Nice. And where you say we had again, Bolo? Man, y'all know we in the place to be. So go ahead and tell a friend to tell a friend to grab a drink and pull up. Because this is The Porch. Let's get it. Started on the porch. That was where it all began. Had to put in work. Every day we got it in. We chased all our dreams and now they can't believe it. We make it look easy. We achieving everything we need. Now we undefeated. If we link, no, it's only business. If we get to speak and leave them speechless. I did things for free, but now it costs a scene. When you see me, you ain't gotta greet me. Just don't plot the sneak. I'ma see you. I'ma stop and watch you lose and get defeated. What's going on, my guy? You came out here fitted. What you got on right now? The Pirates? I ain't from Pittsburgh, though, but I love the colorway, though. Black and gold. You know, that's the colorway, bro. Black and yellow, it. black and yellow, black and yellow, mm-hmm. black and yellow. You know, yes, I'm sir. just a little black and gold, bro. What's up with you, bro? How you feeling? I'm feeling so, I'm feeling so blessed. It's almost scary. Like, I don't know what's going on, bro. So, so many, it's almost scary. You so many blessings coming in, in, just left and right. They swing, blessings swinging on me. I can't even, I'm trying to, I'm trying to dodge a blessing. I don't feel like I deserve them. Hey, hey you know what that tells in. me, bro? Hey, you, tell hey you. look, man, I had a, I had a guy who used to always come to talk to us um, before we play the football game, bro. And he used to say, when prayers go up, blessings come down, bro. Ooh. So that means you, hey, that means you putting them prayers up there, man. And he blessing you. Amen That's all that. it is. That's Amen all that. It is. Thank you. So yes, all we got to say is thank you, bro. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Wait, 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 wait. You still haven't tapped in the bet online? What you waiting on? Bet online is our partners, and they're the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest odds, news, and sports development, including this year's basketball championship finals, the NHL hockey conference finals, the major league baseball, the latest fighting news, and even next season's early NFL futures. All you got to do, man, is head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE. That's B-L-E-A-V, BELIEVE, to get the bonus and get into the action. Bet online where the game starts. Now back to the porch. But man, let's get let's get it going with our with our topic of the day, man. You you we talked about this a little earlier today, man, off camera, off set. So I want you to set it up, but I'm excited about this one, man. Set us up, man. The topic of the day, what we got, y'all. So the topic of the day is before I get to the topic of the day, it's getting hot outside. The barbecue grills are rolling. The food is going. You got the popsicles. You got the ice cream. The music. Everything is rolling in your favor, right? So the question of the day is, what are the top do's and don'ts for your backyard barbecue? Ooh, let me start it off then, but let me start it off with some of the, the, the top do's. Number one, the person manning the grill must wear some form of sandals or flip-flops. All facts. If, if he ain't got no flops on or some sandals, I'm not trusting the food. That's number then one. He, he damn near got to have a rag over the shoulder, too. Rag over the shoulder. Everybody one. who damn near went crazy on the grill always got a rag over the shoulder. Is it the left shoulder or the right shoulder? That's the one I can't oh, remember. Damn near. Damn near if you got the spatula with your left. Okay. Tie going right, 
Spatula on the right, towel on the left. Left. You know okay. You know, so it's the opposites. You know what I'm saying? So. I rock with that. I rock with that. Here go another dude right here for you. The cook is preferred to be at a minimum age of 35 and above. This is a personal preference. And my experience is, I'm not saying that younger folks or people our age can't cook because that, yeah, that would minimum. be minimum. But them OGs on the grill, I'm talking about that drunk girl, uncle. Though. I'm talking about that drunk uncle. He, he got a little salt and pepper up top. Man. He probably done sipped a little bit before. Plaid before shorts the, on. Plaid shorts on. With a towel. Knees dry as hell. They be throwing down on that. Shout out to my, my uncle Greg. They be, they be throwing down on that grill. So, that's my number two. And then my last dude, we need the hot dogs and burgers cooked ASAP. I don't listen. You said ASAP? You need them A- boys off the presser, huh? Quick. When I pull up, I want a dog now with barbecue like sauce. App- you need a dog and a burger like an appetizer, huh? Ding, ding, ding. That, at a barbecue, a hot dog and a burger, those are the appetizers. But you know what? It's so funny, though, bro. I just I just had a barbecue last, uh, last week for Memorial Day. Yeah. I cook my hot dogs last just because they cook quicker. You know what I'm saying? But I, I get what you it. I get what you're saying though. Like, you know, people pulling up, but I like I didn't want everything done. And then boom, we, you know what I mean? If we gotta throw some more stuff on the grill because it's gone, then we good. But I want everything to be done so everybody can just go crazy at one time. But I feel you though. Right, yeah. right. And that kind of leads to, to some of the don'ts, honestly. So you just mentioned that you rather have everything done as they pull up. I agree. So one of the don'ts don't have people waiting. I'm not about to on pull up. Food. You say I'm not it's waiting on the beans, the mac and cheese, yeah. potato salad to be cooked. The drinks ain't cold. I, you said it started. You said it started you, too. You need to have my plate ready. It's three o'clock and food ain't done yet. What's the problem? So don't have us waiting, bro. Don't invite people before the food is really done, man. Number Fact. two. Now listen, I don't mind. Now I mentioned the drunk uncle, right? I don't mind my uncle on the grill being a little tipsy, but don't get too drunk while you cook, while you still food. cooking, because you're gonna mess the food. You're gonna you're gonna spill some Hennessy on top of the grill. You're gonna you're gonna just cause a lot of problems. I ain't trying to deal with. Don't get too turned up until the food done. Facts. You know what I mean? Another another don't. All right. Hey, look look family. Look, stop pulling up to grandma auntie them house eating and leaving. All right. Ooh. Come eat. Sit down. Kick it. Enjoy yourself. Speak when you walk in. You feel me? Because I, I think I got an old school mentality, bro. Yeah. It's like when you come in, bro, you got to speak to everybody. You got to sit down, kick it, play a game of cars or something, bro. Eat, then you can leave. Don't just be grabbing 10, three to four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten plates. Yeah. And you ain't said hi to nobody and you bouncing. You taking all the food. Like, what, what, what's, what you doing that for, bro? That's really the people trying to walk in. I, 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 where the Lumina Four at? Where the paper plates at? I'm in there right. taking all of Oh, I got to feed Tay Tay and them. They, 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 they at the crib. No, they should have came. Should have came here. Should have came and ate. Don't be taking all these goddamn plates home. And now ain't nobody else got no to-goes left. They be leaving out with like four plates stacked like this with Lumina Four all over everything. everything all right, then, y'all. Bro. I'll be back. You ain't coming Damn, back. bro. Another don't, bro. Especially when you hosting. Yeah. You got them folks who don't know how to go home. Ah oh, man, you got the folks who don't know how to go home, man. They still stepping, they still out there moving and grooving the R. Kelly out there. You know what I mean? They got the barbecue fire still trying to, you know, go to, to get rid of the mosquitoes and everything, but they don't know how to take their ass home. Sometimes legs up on the couch. You got know when to go. Look, dude, the party is over. Dude, look, motherfucker then took a nap. You know what I mean? Got up, ate again, <laughs> ate again, looking for the dessert. I'm I'm trying to give them. The, I'm trying to give them the sign. Like, my gay, I love you, but. You know what I mean? It's a wrap, man, man. And then for me, like the the last, like the final, like you can't do this. Don't burn up the food. I, I've been to a couple barbecues where they didn't like. I don't mind, like of course, like a little burnt mark down my hot dog, like of course. 
But sometimes people didn't really burnt the food, like burnt ribs. I'm I'm eating rib tips and it's like burnt bites. Like it's like, come on, bro. I'm, I feel like you messed the whole barbecue up and you, you messed the food up. That's I the key piece. So so we definitely want to hear what y'all think, man. It's top do's and don'ts at the barbecue. It is the summertime, it's going down, right? So we cooking, yep. we dancing, we drinking, we kicking in, we playing cards, right? So it's a good time, man. So hopefully y'all enjoy it, but we definitely want to know what y'all top do's and don'ts are. Let us know, let us know, let us know. Hey, but hold on, man. We gotta before we bring on this special guest, and I do mean special. What's the toast, man? Give us a toast of the day. Toast of the day, word of the day is start. S-T-A-R-T. All right. Anything you do in, the, in your life, you got to start. And sometimes if you don't finish, it's OK to restart. All right. Mm-hmm. As long as you restarting and you just going, then you good. All right. So shout out to everybody starting. I don't care what you're doing, where you at, how you getting it. You starting. So shout out to y'all. Just start. Y'all touch the screen. Boom. Boom. I burned a little bit today. But yes, sir. Man, like I said, we got another special guest pulling up, man. Hey, we 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 hear you married direct. We told you we told you this last time. We we bring you something new every episode on the porch. Hey, look, check this out. Check this out, porch family. We wrapping up season two, y'all. It's yes, it's, it's, been, it's been so fun, man. We we coming we we coming to close this chapter of season two, and I can't wait to see the how we finish, man. Like we started strong, we finishing yeah. strong, and y'all been rocking with us the whole way. So we appreciate y'all. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Without further ado, let's bring on our special guest. Okay. All right, guys. So we have a big time guest on the porch right now. She's a legendary adult film photographer, producer, and director. She also hosts her own podcast called Holly Randall Unfiltered. The one and the only Holly Randall. Welcome to the porch. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? We're doing great. great. We've been been waiting for this episode all week, Bolo. Excited. Excited. (laughs) <laughs> Probably because I made you guys reschedule last minute. <laughs> we appreciate the flexibility, though. Yeah, Sometimes yeah. it's like one and done. Like if it's something that doesn't work, then it just probably won't happen. But you were very yeah. flexible and patient with us to, to get it done, though. So we appreciate no it. No problem. I mean, you know, we're here to talk about my favorite subject, which is me. Of course. So <laughs> why would I ever turn down that kind of opportunity to talk about myself for an hour without someone telling me to just shut up? That's a good point. When, when you when you put it down that way, it makes a lot of sense. <laughs> a lot of sense, absolutely. Yes, yes. So let's let's jump straight into it, man, and kind of go back to some of your your early years. You know, um, you grew up in a unique household, I would say, right? Both your parents worked in uh, the adult film industry. Your mom's legendary photographer and director. Uh, your dad was a writer and director as well. Just explain to us what was it like, you know, growing up in that type of environment and, and household. You know, I mean, honestly, what sticks out for me from my childhood is really like what a great childhood I had and like what wonderful present parents that I had Mm -hmm. and the time we spent together as a family and, you know, like going to the beach every weekend and taking vacations and, um, you know, like normal childhood stuff, what they did for a living is not like the first thing that comes to mind when I think about my parents and I think about my childhood. Um, obviously, you know, it was, it was a, it was a big part of that. And it certainly like influenced me, um, when I got older and, you know, it, it had its pros and cons, but, you know, overall, like I had an incredibly normal, happy childhood that I, I feel like most people don't have the 
you know, fortune to have. So I feel very lucky. That's a good point. Now you, you, you hit the nail on the head with that. Well, a lot of us, you know, in the world don't, don't have two present parents, you know, in the household, taking care of them, being in their lives. So for you to have that is definitely a blessing for sure. So um, you mentioned, you know, went to the beach, you did kind of like, you know, a lot of just fun things with your parents. So you grew up in Hollywood in LA, right? Mm-hmm. So I was born in Hollywood, which is why my name is Holly. I was born in the Hollywood Presbyterian Hospital. I put the two and two together. What? That's cool. Well, I, I, my mom swears, and I kind of don't believe her, but she says that the entire time that they were pregnant with me, they never talked about giving me a name, which seems really strange to me. So when I was born in the Hollywood Presbyterian Hospital, and they were like, what do you want to name your daughter? They were like, oh, yeah, we have to give her a name. I guess we'll name her Holly. That's their story. I mean, what? yeah, it sounds a little <laughs> odd. You don't seem to believe it all the way. <laughs> right, right. I mean, like, I you always be, sold on that. Being a mother myself, um, you know, we agonized over her. We definitely thought about names for my daughter. It was nine <laughs> months of pregnancy. Actually, technically, it's almost 10. Right. True. You know what I mean? Like, I can't believe that it ever came up, but. That's what they say. So, so I was born in Hollywood and I grew up in like the Culver city, Mar Vista area. And then we moved out to um, the area that I live in now, which is Calabasas when I was in high school. Got you. I love that. I love that. So, I mean, obviously as you, as you got older, I guess, when did you develop that curiosity of like, Hey, what do my parents do for work? Right. I know everybody gets to that point where they are curious and start to ask questions and things like that. Did that ever come about or did your parents introduce you to what they did beforehand? You know, I, I, I don't remember like a specific moment where I was like, Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh, this is what my parents do for a living. I think because they didn't go to pains to hide it and they weren't Mm. ashamed of it and they weren't secretive about it. It wasn't like, you know, it's not like I grew up thinking my parents were accountants. And then when I was like 16, I found out that they were pornographers. You know what I mean? It wasn't like that. Mind blown. (laughs) Right. Right. Which I know is like what a lot I've I've spoken to other children who have parents who work in the adult industry and like they kept it a secret and then they found Mm -hmm. out it was like this big thing. That's not what it was like for me. Um, you know, my earliest recollections were, you know, they had an office, which was the guest house of our house. And like, I wasn't, you know, supposed to go into really supposed to go into the office, which is kind of normal for a kid. I feel like Mm -hmm. most parents don't want their kids like ruffling around in their office. you got important papers and stuff like that. So that wasn't too odd. Right. And, you know, I I think that they just told me like, you know, mommy and daddy like make movies for grownups. And I was like, okay, like, you know, that's cool. grownups. There are lots of things that are for grownups, like right. scary movies are for grownups, you know, like, and so I didn't really question it. I don't think, um, I mean, it wasn't really until I became an adolescent that I became like more interested in what they did. And I would sneak into the office and like steal magazines. Of course. Like that. <laughs> so like all kids, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Got it. now one question I had just, you know, growing up in that type of type of environment, did that lead to you just like at an early uh, early age to, um, I guess, become more sexual, like at a younger age than you think you normally would have? You know, I mean, everyone has their own stories of, of when they, you know, started really to explore in that world. But you being around it so much early on, did you kind of explore that at a younger age or not really? You know, I think I almost like had the opposite. Ooh, I remember I was mm. like the last of my friends to lose my virginity. Um, and I lost my virginity at 16, which 
I guess it's like, it's not, it's young, but it's not that young. I mean, I think right. we all know people right. who lost their virginity earlier than 13, that. So 14, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's not like a crazy, crazy age to lose your virginity at. Um, so I think like, because again, it's like when you create this like air of mystery and secrecy around something, mm-hmm. people are more like, you know, every, we all like things you know, it's like people like anal because it's taboo. You know, it's kind of like yeah. that thing. Like if things taboo, right. you're more interested in it. And I think because it wasn't taboo for me, it wasn't something that I was like, oh, let me find out about sex because my parents <sighs> won't tell me about it. Let me like. It wasn't like a big deal to you. It was like whatever. It's like regular. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It wasn't really at the forefront of of my mind. It wasn't like something that was incredibly important to me. So. It makes um, sense. I mean, that's but, you know, a, a like point. once I got older and got into college, I was like a total whore. Um, <laughs> but, you know, when I was like younger, yeah, I wasn't like I wasn't overly sexual, I would say no. And, that, and that's a great point, too, because I'm thinking about like the early days of like high school. People just love doing stuff because you're not supposed to do it. Right. Mm-hmm. And like there are certain situations I just remember, like when girls would chat and stuff like that and it happens, right? The girl ends up losing her virginity. Now they're mad that they lost it because it's not this thing anymore to say like, okay, I, you know, lost my virginity. Now it's like, damn, I wish I wouldn't have done that, right? So I think it's one of those things where like people sometimes overthink it. And then once they do it in their early days, it's like, okay, that's that's what it is. All right, cool. Got it, right? Until you get a little older and, you know, you get a little bit more mature and you understand what goes into, you know, having those types of activities uh, is when it's like more like pleasurable and, and enjoy, enjoyful, I guess. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, right. I definitely lost my virginity to like a total schmuck, you know, <laughs> right. and I did it right. just because I think like all my friends had done it. I didn't want to be like the right. last version. Peer pressure's mug, boy. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And he was just like, he, I remember he wouldn't take his shirt off because he'd like pimples all over his back. Come on, man. So it was just like, and he was just like a dick, you know, and I think we broke up like a, a week later Um, so I remember definitely regretting. And then I ended up with my long-term boyfriend a few, uh, months later who I ended up being with like through the rest of high school, who was Mm -hmm. really cool. I wish I had, I wish I had waited for him because that, that would have been more special, but I think, you know, I was just like, I just want to get it over with. (laughs) You know what though, in a way by you having that bad experience first, probably made you appreciate the good experience even more. Never know. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> Sometimes you got to go through hell to, to, to get to heaven. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> so you never know. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So uh, fast forward, you know, a little bit, uh, you know, through your life there. So obviously you got into, you know, photography and joined the family business. Um, at what age did you actually jo- join the business, start helping your parents out? Uh, I was 20. 20. Okay. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Now, did you yes. always want to yes, be a photographer? 20. Yes. Well, so I had always been obsessed with photos um, ever since I was a child. And um, I took my first photography class at the age of 12. And I remember just being like instantly hooked. It was something I I, I mean, I very distinctly remember being in the darkroom because back then we shot on film. Mm. It still didn't exist then. That's how old I am. I had to shape the film, let it develop. Yeah, Yeah, put it in a development can and you had to shake it and you had to dry it and print it. And I remember putting that first print into the developing tray and seeing the image appear 
on the paper. And I remember thinking, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. Like I knew it. And you know, I'm, I've never been like fully sure and confident of like a lot of things in my life, but photography has been the one thing that my, like ever since then I was like, this is what I was destined to do. Like I knew it. And I've always been like confident in that path. So, um, yeah. So I became obsessed at 12 and yeah, I've been doing it ever since. But, you know, of course, at that age, I didn't think that I was going to move into adult photography. That wasn't my plan. That was going to be my next question. (laughs) Yeah, no, I wanted to do like fashion or something like that. Celebrities. And um, yeah. And then I was going to Brooks Institute, actually. Uh, It's a photography school in Santa Barbara. It no longer exists. But Mm. I was going there and I was about halfway through my schooling. I was feeling like really stifled there. I, you know, I was just like. I wasn't enjoying the experience and my parents had just launched their website, Suze.net. And this is like in 2008 mm-hmm. and um, no, oh my God, I'm such a liar. 1998. Wow. Okay. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. 1998. So this is the very beginning of the internet. I think we right. launched Suze.net like three months before, three months after Google launched. I mean, Ooh. that's how old we are. Wow. Yeah. So, um, so they launched Suze.net and they were just like, they didn't know what they were doing, but they were making like a ton of money because it was like the early days of the internet. And my mom had this huge library. And so my dad said to me, he was like, look, like, do you want to come home and like, help us, like, help us. Like, we don't know what we're doing. Like, please come (laughs) help us. Please help (laughs) work in the office, do something. So the plan wasn't that I was going to come do photography. I was going to come like do office admin stuff. Um, cause my parents didn't know like how to work computers. And, um, and then I was probably going to transition to something else, but I came and I started working for them and I just found that like, I really enjoyed it. You know, I really liked it. It felt like a good fit. Um, you know, we were in a place where because of the internet and because, you know, we were doing so well financially that my mom had a ton of creative freedom with mm-hmm. her material. So she could shoot like whatever she wanted because she had this place to, to sell it. So she didn't have like art directors breathing down her neck, magazines, commissioning certain things. Um, we could do whatever we wanted. So we had all this like creative freedom and my mom, you know, is very well known for like her glamor material. It's super high end. It's really like classy. And so um, I just found that like, I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed you know, the crew and the staff that she had around her. And it was a very like female, you know, centric, positive environment. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I stayed. Nice. I love it. Now it seems like it was like a seamless transition for you. Like, was there like any like bit of like awkwardness, like when you first got, mm-hmm. you know, on set and, you know, you're looking at, you know, the different images and the people who are, you know, being, um, you know, they're, they're taking pictures of like, did you feel like kind of off at all? Or was it just like, I, I can do this. Like, this is normal. Oh, no, no. I was terrified. I was terrified. When <laughs> I can I only imagine. Okay. Yeah, no, I was. Um, so I remember. So first, I before I ever took any photos, I assisted my mom. So mm. I was her assistant for a few years before she ever let me take pictures. And so I was on set a lot and I saw how she worked and I learned how she posed the models and I learned how she lit everything. Um, so I had a lot of experience in that way before she finally allowed me to start taking photos. And the first person that I ever shot was actually, um, Amy sweet, who is still a very good friend of mine. And we, we ended up becoming friends. Um, and so that's why like she ended up 
she was my first person that I shot because I knew her and I felt right. comfortable with her. Right. So she kind of like popped my cherry, so to speak. <laughs> yeah. But I just remember, you know, a shooting and I like could not give her direction. I was terrified. Like, how could I tell her to take her boobs out? Like, how could I tell her right. to spread her legs? Like, how could I tell her to like sting a, stick a finger in her vagina? Like, I couldn't do any of those things. I was right. so scared. It just felt really weird and awkward. So I was just like taking photos, but she was a great model and she just moved and like, I didn't have to give her direction. So my mom really hand fed me, um, really experienced models mm, at first gotcha. because she knew, like, I didn't know what I was doing. So right. I couldn't be trusted to work with someone who needed any kind of coaching or direction. So that's, that's how it started. And then obviously as I learned and as, as time went on, um, I would say that actually my specialty is, is posing and working with girls with no experience. I'm, I'm really good at that. Got nice. you. Nice. You, you see how the table has, the table's about turned, say, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> kind of rough around the edges. So now that's like something that you are expert in now is just taking something that's fresh, the, the green models and yep. then turn them into superstars. Like, I love that. Her weakness became a strength. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's what it's all about. And, it's, and I wouldn't even call it a weakness. You just were nervous at the time because even hearing you talk about it, it sounded like you knew what you wanted. You just didn't know how to verbalize it. You, you, you didn't know how to say, hey, put your fingers right here, put your leg right here. And I can only imagine like, my first, like, I, I don't do photography, so just verbalizing, just verbalizing, just, verbalize, like, just say, Hey, it just kind of throw you off a little bit. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's an, it's awkward at first, you know, yeah. to give yeah, anybody any kind of sexually explicit instruction. It's right. awkward. It's awkward. It's for like, how do you ask? But, Can you please take your shirt off? Like, <laughs> you know what I'm yeah, saying? It's just like, yeah. And how do you, you know, and even now, like, I phrase it in a very, I phrase my, my queries in a very specific way. Mm. Um, I say it in a polite, unobtrusive kind of way. Like right. there's a way that you talk to nude models that, um, you know, that makes them feel comfortable. And then there's ways that you can talk to them that will make, that will feel creepy. So you got to like, yeah. balance. you got to find that balance. That's crazy. I can only imagine that. Um, now obviously being in the production space and specifically, uh, you know, as a photographer, it's very competitive, right? How do you, I guess, really differentiate yourself from the rest? Because you're obviously well-known, still at the top of your craft. How do you keep yourself, I guess, separate from, like, competition? Um, I would say, first of all, like, experience is golden. Like, mm -hmm. the, I have 24 years of experience, so I really know what I'm doing. And um, to make it in this business, you really have to have a lot of different capabilities. You can't, like, I am not just a photographer. I am also a director. I am also a producer. I am also a cameraman. I can also like, like I can do everything mm. on set. I can light it. I can like do sound. Like I have the knowledge to make everything work. Of course, I don't do it all myself because that's too much work. For but one you could, person, no. <laughs> but I could. And I think that that's super valuable because I know what I want and I know what right. I need to get. I know how to get it. Um, I also have, um, you know, like I said, reputation, that's really good. So like people trust me, they know that, um, you know, I will, I won't fuck you over. Right. Um, I'm good to the models. The models are comfortable with me. They like working with me. Um, I have connections. Um, I have, you know, like uh, people don't like realize this, but one of like the hardest things in adult production is getting locations is finding places that people will let mm. you shoot sex at. Like people don't mm. think about that, but that's actually difficult. So I have a great reputation with a lot of like different homeowners. So I have access to like locations that other people um, can't shoot porn at, but I can. So like, it's a weird kind of thing where um, I just have like, 
you get a lot of access by working with me. So, um, right. yeah, I would say just mostly like experience and reputation. And I mean, I, I'm not going to lie, like being a female is helpful. Um, How so? Break it down to us. So I think that because there's so few women directors mm. in the industry, I think, and especially now, like after the Me Too movement and stuff like that, right. like people are looking, a lot of brands recognize that like they need more diversity um, and they need more women um, behind the camera. And there's just not a lot of us. So I think that that, that works in my favor. And again, you know, like in a, in an environment like, you know, like porn, um, especially when you're working with like new girls, you know, um, uh, having a female behind the lens is, is appreciated. Yeah. And I've had a lot of girls say like, wow, I've never worked with a female director before. Like this, like, I, I like this, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. not that male directors aren't great. There's a lot of right. amazing male directors out there, but, um, yeah, I think like, you know, we're kind of scarce, so right. we're in high demand. <laughs> and I can imagine too, like being one of the models, being one of the performers and, you know, and you have a woman, someone who, you know, looks like you, someone that you can, you know, who can understand you more than a, a man, a male director just, just could, you know what I'm saying? It just makes you more comfortable in the environment. Um, so no, that, that's, that's kudos to you and man, 24 years of experience. She, she said she can light it, slice it, cut it, shoot it, whatever you need. She can do it. Anything. She's basically the goat. She's basically the Michael Jordan (laughs) of photography in the Dolph film. And she didn't want to say it, but I'm going to say it. You heard the number. She said 24. That's Kobe. Come on. RIP to Kobe. 24. (laughs) Special number. (laughs) Got it. Got it. Yeah, Yeah. I just like try to make myself indispensable. So, you know. Love that. I, I guess it's that. worked so far. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely has. Definitely has, man. So sure. obviously, Holly, you know, your mom, you know, kind of taught you the game, right? Taught you kind of the 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 way the way around a, a camera and obviously how to, you know, uh, take different, um, you know, pictures in that type of capacity. I guess for you, obviously, as you continue to grow, I think about like NBA or football when somebody always has like that son, you know, growing up or that daughter growing up and they want to be just like that parent sometimes it's hard to get to that point right um but i it seems like you've been doing a hell of a job to almost get to the point of where your mom is um to and obviously we haven't heard from you and you know maybe you think you're you're at that point but um sometimes it's hard to get up to where our parents are right so for you i guess what was that magical moment for you where you're like okay i think i can do this for a long time and be very good at it yeah i don't know i don't know if there again i don't know if there was a a moment but there was definitely that transition i mean for sure when i started like i was Suze randall's daughter and that's all it was it was difficult for me i felt very much under her shadow i felt you know um very much less than i mean she was a legend and i it it was a struggle but you know i mean i i continue to work i worked really hard i went off and i started my own business and you know my mom eventually retired and she's retired Mm -hmm. now and so it's ironic because I remember when I first started, it was all about like, how could I be identified as my own person? Right. Mm. As Suze Randall's daughter. But now what's sad with all like the new talent and new people in the industry, mm-hmm. it's sad to me now that a lot of people don't know who my mom was. Mm. Like a lot wow. of models who I work with are like, who's Suze Randall? They've never heard of Suze Randall. They know who Holly Randall is, but they don't know who Suze Randall is. So it's like this, it's weird. It's like right. flips now. Right. Yeah. Um, so it, it's kind of, it's kind of sad. I wish like, more people kind of understood like the legacy that my mom had, but absolutely. Got you. Nah, and time sure. is time is going by so fast too. Like when you just think about it, like, you know, you just get so many just new generations and things like that. And mm-hmm. just new, uh, you know, models coming in and, and going, and you're like, damn, 
I'm old enough to be, you know, your mom. Like you, like when you were, when you were graduating <laughs> out of high school, I was, you know, had my life started. And now like I'm taking pictures of you. So it's like, it's, <laughs> let me tell you, let me tell you yesterday, yesterday I shot a new girl. She's 21 years old. So I was laughing with a makeup artist. Cause first of all, um, LL Cool J came on the radio and my makeup yep. artist is the same age as me. was like, Oh, I love this song. I'm like, Oh my mm-hmm. God. Yeah. I love LL Cool J. And the girl goes, who's LL Cool J. What? Ah, come on. No. And then, and then I, we did like, we do this little like quiz. She was Twisted Tree of the Months. We do these like silly little interview questions. And I asked her, I was like, you know, if you could travel back in time, where would you travel? And you know, most people are like, oh, the Middle Ages or Roman antiquity. I mean, right, you know, like right. any time period. She's like, oh, I'd love to travel back to the 90s. And I was like, that 90s? <laughs> oh, my God. Not that long ago. <laughs> like, that's when I grew up. And like, to you, like, that's like. That's, that's history. Like, that's like history. And I'm just like, oh, my God. God. Wow. wow. Well, well, to, to her point, the 90s were lit, though. I, I'm a 90s baby and I grew up and I experienced some great times just in my younger years uh, in the 90s. I, I definitely appreciate the 90s a lot. Yeah, no, fair enough. That's that me and my makeup artist. We were like, yeah, actually, it was a pretty cool time to grow up. It but was. it was just funny that like that's like the time, like know, time travel back to the 90s. Like that, that's her history. Like, the 90s. Yeah. Pretty soon, man, like in, in, in schools, in social studies class, they're going to be talking about the 90s and just, you know, what I mean, <laughs> hip hop in the 90s and stuff like that. It's like, what? Yeah. Like, yeah, man, that's a good point right there. Uh, so tell me this now. I feel like we all have our like what I like to call welcome to the league moment. So what I mean by that is like there's always like that moment in sports where it's like, OK, I'm really here and in the professional lens. Right. So who was that model or, you know, you, you know, porn star you worked with where you like, okay, this, like, this is crazy. Like, is there a certain name that just sticks out? You worked with so many people. I mean, Lisa and Rochelle, Ryan, the, the list goes on and on. There has to be somebody that just comes to mind. You're like, yeah, when, when I shot with her, I felt like kind of like validated, yeah. so to speak. That's a good question because it would have to be somebody from a while ago. Cause there's right, literally right. nobody today that I feel like that, like everybody who's like pretty much almost everyone who's famous today. I shot them when they were brand new. Right. So right, like, right, right. They started like with me. So I don't really see them as like, Oh, I, Oh my God. I've, they probably see you like that. It's the other Taylor might be turned. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? It yeah. Does, <laughs> it does tend to be that way sometimes with certain people, but um, let's see when I was, so yeah, I think maybe, hmm, maybe like Tara Patrick. I mean, yeah. she was like okay. a big name. Okay. I mean, Lisa Ann, I guess so. But Lisa and my mom have always been good friends. Mm, so Lisa Ann was always kind of like a, like a friend, nice. um, but she used to hire me to shoot all of like her evil angel movies. I mean, I used to like shoot all of Lisa's content. So that was, you know, that was a great uh, compliment for her to like trust me to shoot all of her. Sure. And then Tara Patrick did the same thing. Yeah. She she hired me to like shoot all of her content, so that cool. that felt really good too. So yeah, I would say maybe maybe one of those two. There might be somebody else that I'm not thinking of right now, um, but yeah, it would have been somebody like back in the day. Way back that in the day, would have been mm-hmm. a big deal to me. Yeah, nice, not nice. for sure. 
I love so that. you mentioned you mentioned earlier about like one of the hardest things about being in your industry is finding a location and, and a place for mm-hmm. to actually you know take pictures and and do the, uh, the different activities there. I guess what are some other roadblocks that the listeners can can hear about and some things that are some adversity that you may have went through um, as you continue to progress through your career? Oh God, um, I mean, I, I you know there's always like there's always clients, right? So there's always a client who doesn't have any idea of what it's like to be on a production set. That's no. usually my biggest gripe and every other producer's biggest gripe where they're like, they have these unrealistic expectations yeah. for the budget that they give us in terms of like what they want, you know? So I'll, I like, I had this one client who was like, you know, before you shoot the sex scene, we'd love for you to just take the model down to like Rodeo drive and just like shoot some pictures of her on Rodeo drive, like clothes, but you know, like just, just like, and I'm like, if I show up to Rodeo drive with like a crew and a model scantily clad, I'm going to, the cops are going to come like bust me. Cause I don't have a permit. Like right. I a permit True. For this. not to mention, like, do you have any idea of how big LA is? Do you have any idea how long it's going to take for me to get, from my place to Rodeo drive to the location in the Valley. And like, mm. I'm going to do all of this in one day. Like that's not going to happen. Not possible. Also um, when they put, when they put together um, performers without thinking about chemistry or mm. about things like height difference. Right. Um, you know, I shot once uh, my, my, my clients had me shoot someone who was like four, nine with someone who was like six, two. Oh, shit. I mean like the sex that happened. Awkward and weird because one was so much taller than the other one. So like she was spinning around. Like how, how do we make that happen? <laughs> it was well, and it was two girls too. Oh wow! That made it even like, harder. If it's like a big guy and a small girl, that's kind of like you can make it happen, you know, right? Right. Yeah, and it's it also work. like that's got its own fetish in a way, you know. Right. But like this right. was just supposed to be a straight girl girl scene, so it was just like really awkward. Um, the strap won't have to come out with that scene, I guess. <laughs> and then also to like new male talent they're like oh there's this new guy um let's have let's have you like try him out and i was like oh my god because i have chances are he's not going to be very good he might struggle and um there's just nothing worse than like male talent who fails on set it's it's just like the most excruciating experience for everybody Mm-hmm. And um, so, yeah, like new male talent, you know, like, oh, just shoot this guy. And I've got to shoot like two or three scenes that day. And it takes him like an hour to get his dick hard. It takes him like right. an hour to come. Like now I'm like three hours behind and mm. he's just off in the corner, like trying to get it up. And I'm just like, I'm paying for this location by the hour. And I'm not, the they're pressure. not giving me extra, like, and the pressure and the pressure on the guy too. It was like, yeah, really right, tough, exactly. so. there's a lot of pressure. And I'm <laughs> glad we're, we're on this topic. There's a lot of pressure on on the, the man. I feel like in that situation, especially as a newbie, because, yeah, right, newbie. As a newbie specifically, like you said, he's in a corner. Everyone's he knows everyone's waiting on him. He's trying okay. to get hard. He's stressed out. He's like, you know, it's so much like, and you know, as a man, when we're not mentally there, he's not going to work right downstairs. No, <laughs> there's no. a connection right there. So it's like, okay. man, um. That's why I don't know, but all that that's a tough position to be in. <laughs> it, it, it definitely is. Which which brought me to my next question, right? So, you know, obviously you directed 
tons of, of different, um, you know, scenes. Right. Where are you getting the, 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 the ideas from, right? Is that from you specifically? Is that just a thought you have of like driving down the street? Like, Oh man, I want to see like two girls, like, you know, in this, <laughs> in this type of scene, right. Or is this something that you, your team just kind of comes together and are like the actual porn stars come to you and say, I want to shoot it like this. How does that right. work? It's all of those things. So it's so so many different things. It depends on the client because I've worked for almost every single um, company and adult. Everybody works differently. So Mm. right now I'm pretty much exclusively uh, shooting for twisties and for browsers. And they tell me what they want. They send Mm. me a script. They send me the cast selection. They send me the wardrobe links. Like they send me like places to buy the wardrobe. They send me like the location that they want. So they literally like, give me exactly what they want. And then I fulfill that. Um, mm. Other clients like Wicked Pictures were just I, where I was shooting movies. I came up with the concept. I wrote the script. Of course, I had to approve it, but um, everything came through me. So that was like, I did the casting, mm. I did the script writing, mm. I did everything. So, so yeah, it just depends on the client. And when it comes to yeah, I mean, sometimes it's hard to come up with ideas, right? You right. Know, I was going to say that has to be like an added skill for you. Like, yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I would, I mean, sometimes I would ask Twitter, honestly. <laughs> oh, shit. I did it all the time when that I was working sense. for Naughty America. And I was like, I got to shoot a guy and a girl together, like maybe a, a, a milfy, a milf and her stepson or something, right? Like, right, I got yeah. to do a fucking stepson scene. <laughs> Give me ideas, please. Like, what? What, what do y'all want to see? <laughs> yeah. And honestly, some people came up with really amazing ideas. It was really cool. Some people came up with really stupid ideas, right. but some people like had some really great ideas. So that was really helpful. Um, but otherwise, you know, I would just kind of like pick up ideas here and there. I'd see a movie and I'd say, oh, that would actually work cool yeah, for like an adult scene or a movie, or I'd see a a fashion layout and I'd be like, Oh, that might work. Or, or I'd look, even look back and like stuff that I shot 10 years ago. And I was like, Oh, that was a great scene. Let me recreate yeah. that something a little different. So yeah, it just, it just depends. Damn. I like it a lot. It's crazy. Cause like, you know, so I work, um, uh, kind of dual role. I do hosting, I do produce, uh, production as well, but more so on like the sports entertainment side. Um, uh, but I mean, you're right. Like when it comes to just creativity and where that inspiration draws from, you can literally be driving in the car, and look out your window and just see something random. And it, that that thing that you see just triggers a thought that leads to this amazing project. You know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. it's just crazy how the creativity can just really stem from, from, from anywhere. Uh, yeah. Now, you mentioned that, you know, obviously, depending on which client you're, you're working with, that dictates, you know, what your assignment is, obviously. Which one do you prefer? Do you do you like it better when it's like, OK, I'm, Brazzers hands you the, you know, the script, exactly what you need to do, and you go do the job? Or do you prefer when you have a little bit more creative freedom and you're writing the script, you're putting uh, putting together everything? Oh, I 100% prefer to to come up with the concepts myself. Mm. Um, because also too, like it's much easier because I know what I have access to. I know the locations. Again, like here we come back to the locations. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, this is like a huge problem for us. So like I know like certain locations that will have like if I'm doing a movie and I need like different like I like I know a location that has like a hospital. It has like an apartment. And it has um, like a massage room. I'm like, okay, what movie can I make that has a hospital, a massage room and an apartment? You know what I mean? Because I usually, I mean, I would have to shoot a full movie in two days. So I, I need one location to be able to fulfill a lot of different roles. Mm -hmm. So um, yeah, definitely prefer to come up with the concepts by myself because 
logistically, it's so much smoother for me. Got you. So like when you're like when you're getting like those those scripts and how, you know, different companies want things ran. Have you ever looked at it and, and you're like, hell no, like I can't believe I'm about to really take two two days of my life to literally, you know, create this crazy sex scene, like something that is like so in left field as far as like positions or with different toys or, you know, different like, you know, whatever <laughs> tricks, like kind of all that theatrical crazy stuff that sometimes you run into. And it's like, holy shit, like this is like making me a little bit uncomfortable shooting this. Has that ever been a situation for you like that? Like every fucking day. (laughs) (laughs) Like, welcome to my life. (laughs) I mean, sometimes they'll send me storyboards, right? And they'll draw like people doing these crazy positions. And I'm like, that's that this is a drawing. Like, (laughs) it's not real. This is not going to work. This person doesn't Humans bend won't this be able way. To, right. Like this is not, I can't, I can't make this happen. Right. Wow. <laughs> Come on people. What so yeah, think? no, uh, definitely all the time. That's crazy. Is, is there, and I'm, I'm putting, I know I'm putting you on the spot. Is there like one crazy ass scene that just leads all others that, that, that comes like, to mind like, that you, you have that to That was shoot? an amazing session. Um. Oh, that was really great or was really you know what? Let's Excuse do both. I, I, I want to know one one that was bad and one like okay, what was I your see, favorite yeah. and what's and what's what's the worst that you've ever you've ever uh, had to shoot? Oh man, I mean, <laughs> God, it, it depends on what you're talking about. Okay, so like if we're talking about bad scenarios, I had to once do a scene where a girl threw a vanilla custard pie in another girl's face, and then. <laughs> What? And then like hosed her off and then had sex with her. <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> Who, who's so getting turned on that was one take? Was that a one so, take thing? <laughs> so let me tell you something. I don't know how much you guys know about like interest, like I don't want to kink shame, but like kind of interesting fetishes. It's the shall porch. We say. It's the porch. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh there are a lot of interesting fetishes out there. And for me, my favorite one, because I find it hilarious and I don't really understand the appeal is the pie in the face fetish. This is 100% a thing. Yes. Where girls get all dressed up, all glammed up, and then they get a pie thrown at them. It's a fucking thing. And there's a lot of pie in the face fetish videos out there. And guys will like order customs of this. Um, There's also like cake farts where like girls sit on a cake and like fart in a cake. Um, I mean, (laughs) <laughs> I heard of a lot of fetishes, but Holly, I'm not gonna lie to you. Those two right there, I have I never probably, heard in my entire life. No more pie. I'm probably good so. I've always like kind of laughed about the pie in the face fetish. So when I got this script where a girl literally threw a pie in another girl's face, I was like, "You've got to be kidding me!" You've Holy got, shit! Like this is really something that I have to shoot. And I will say that um, the the girl who received the pie in the face was really uh, cool about it. And it's actually, I don't know if you know she is. It was Chloe Cherry. She's like a star on Euphoria now. Oh, um, yeah. My girl yeah. had me watching Euphoria. I know you're talking about, yeah. Yeah, it was her. <laughs> and she was like really cool about it. I mean, she showed up upset and like, look, I'm really sorry, but uh, we're throwing a pie in your face today. And she was like, okay. Oh, <laughs> <shit>. <laughs> wow. So okay. I appreciated that. Um, and then just in terms of like a bad sex scene, um, I had... man, there's been so many, but there was this one sex scene between these two girls and man, like 
one of the girls specifically is like kind of known to not like other girls, but like she, there's a lot of like gay for pay girls, like girls mm-hmm. who don't actually like other girls, but they'll shoot girl, girl, because it's considered, I don't know. It's considered like less porno than shooting boy, girl. Like, I don't know how mm. you guys feel about this, but I know there's a lot of girl, girl only performers mm. and they will say that it's actually easier for them to date than it is for girls who do boy, girl. Mm. right because their boyfriend's like okay with them having sex with other girls on camera right other guys on camera i mean okay okay i get that okay right yeah right so there's a lot of girls who are girl girl only performers and this one girl's a girl girl only performer but like she's well known in the industry to like she just doesn't like girls like she's not into it at all and like when she's like going down on another girl she'll literally just lick the side of her leg (sighs) instead of her vagina but like position her head so like to the camera, it looks like she's eating her up, but she's not. It's just, that's that's, so now, that's that's game right there though. Like that's I didn't know that. I didn't know that neither. And so the I other gotta, girl would be like, "What are you doing?" She has to oh, so the she, whole time. So she, does, she doesn't have so she doesn't have an idea, no idea. She's really thinking like she's supposed to be getting her vagina ate. Yeah, well, I mean, yes, I mean, you're okay, okay. sex scene. Like you oh, are getting your shit. vagina eaten. Like this is what's happening. Um, so the fact that like this other girl tries to get away, but just like licking the side of her leg, it's like, no, 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 that's not what we're here for. Right. Right. We're going through with this. That'll mess my whole flow. I feel like if you don't do that, you got at least like have a conversation up front. Say, Hey, I know, I know this is going to be weird. That's what I assume. But I'm, I'm licking your leg today. I'm I'm not licking that vagina. (laughs) Right. But then, then why are you doing porn? Like, what, what, what are we here for? What What are we here for? Why are you doing girl, girl porn? That makes sense. So yeah, so it was the scene with these two girls and the girl was doing, and then she was like started blowing raspberries on the other girl's vagina. It was so weird. Like we were huh? shooting and then, and then, you know, it was like, and then all of a sudden it was like, <laughs> like on her vagina. I was like, stop playing, honey, stop playing. I'm not joking. And I was just, and the other girl like looks at me and she's like, what the fuck is she doing? I'm like, I don't know. Keep, keep rolling. <laughs> that sounds awful. Maybe oh we'll just God. cut it out and edit. It was just like, and then when we would cut like in between positions, like the girls would just go to their phones and like, you could tell they were texting like their agent or their boyfriend about how much they hated this other girl. It was just so awkward. Damn. Awful. Yeah. I'm glad, I'm glad you gave us some insight to that because like I said, sometimes you just see stuff of like, especially like with guys, like, this is like some game right here. So like when you go, when, when, when guys go to porn, they go to specific videos or specific right. sections of that video. And sometimes we miss a lot of stuff. Are we just watching just to watch? And we're not really looking at the specific details. Right. Of like what's really going down. And we probably came across a few videos that were actually like that. But the camera person probably did a great job of covering it up and making sure that we couldn't see it. So yeah. that's crazy. Man, yeah. and, and it's crazy too. I'm, I'm glad you mentioned, like, from a viewer's perspective, Bolo. It's like, as a viewer, you know, you go in and you just assume that everyone's having this amazing sex, like, everyone's screaming and moaning, and just like everything seems amazing. But in real time, they're sometimes they hate each other, or they're you know, they hate the sex, or they're, they're not texting there. in between. It's like, I don't know, I feel like if I was ever in porn, like, I would have to really enjoy like enjoy like some chemistry like some real like almost like a connection almost with that person to make it some degree out on film like on the camera just a little bit because it makes the it makes the film way better when there's a real connection it's real sex (laughs) of course of course but i mean i'm sure as you can imagine 
like that you're just you're not going to have a real connection with everybody and right, 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 right you're just going to get a partner who's just like not having a good day or something i mean you know we even sometimes will have like <laughs> i don't know if you you it, this is another thing that you know we hide on camera but we've definitely had situations where like the guy can't come he can't do the pop shot and we've mm. called somebody else in to do the pop shot what so you got to right? find somebody that has around the same size the same skin tone and you just had them you zoom in on them but yeah what? or or we stand off camera and we get like a big thing of like something that looks like come like spunk lube is like a good go-to <laughs> fake come and we oh. just shoot it from off camera and so like the, you don't see the dick you just see like the fake cum coming in and like hitting her face because like the guy couldn't come like i've done cream pies where i've had to like fake it and like like the guy can't come so he pulls his dick out and i have to run in and like put fake cum in her vagina and then like run out and then he puts his dick back in and like pulls out like he just came like uh, we've man. totally had to fake it before. you've done it all holly yeah wait wait holly so i, I gotta i gotta go back let's, let's i gotta back up just a few steps so if the guy can't come, so the first option is to just grab. So are you? I'm assuming you're grabbing like another porn star. Are you just like calling somebody up, like I need somebody that, that got an eight inch dick that can that can come right away. Like how, 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 does, how does that work? I'm just so curious of like so how you guys that can come right away. Be, I'm sorry, that's hilarious. <laughs> they have well, yes, a fast comer is a good thing. Yeah. Um, they have to be tested. Right. Mm, so they have to be right, in the right. adult industry because they have to have STD tests. So we don't work. Everybody works with a at least minimum two week um, STD test. So they have to be tested. Gotcha. So, yeah, you would hit up like an agent or you would hit up, you know, like different guys that, you know, and be like, hey, what are you doing right now? Are you tested? Can you come and like stunt cock for me? Because like, I'm not going to stunt cock. And then the guy will come, <laughs> will show up and like. I mean, it's it, it, so I interviewed Brad Armstrong, who is a male performer and director. Mm-hmm. And in, towards the end of his career, he did a lot more directing than he did performing. And he did these huge features for Wicked. And he was always really good at like being able to come on cue. And he said that he would always make sure that he was tested, even if he wasn't performing in the scene, in case he had to come in and do the pop shot instead mm-hmm. of the guy he hired. Yeah. Because then he was like, at least I knew that like, if this guy couldn't make it happen, that I would just like... Slide come in and do it he said that once he was shooting a scene with someone and the guy was like struggling right and he like yeah. couldn't come like been like 20 minutes right and the girl's on her knees like oh my god please come on my face already i want to go home <laughs> and and the guy's like just like and brad's like you know this is not going to happen he's like no man just give me like five more minutes five more minutes i can do it i can do it i can do it and brad like had had obviously like pulled the girl aside before and said like hey look i'm gonna step in and i'm gonna do the pop shot like um, are you okay with that? And she was like, yeah, of course, totally. No problem. They had worked together before. It's not a big right. deal. So this guy's like, just standing there. He's like, I'm going to come, I'm going to come. And, and Brad gets behind him. Like, you know, the guy's not seeing, but the cameramen are all cued in. Brad gets his dick out, makes it hard. And then the guys are rolling. And then Brad just like comes in, pushes the guy back and just fucking does it. <laughs> Watch out. It's my turn. Cause like Funny the guy was couldn't do it. Head. But he wouldn't own up to not be, you know what I mean? Like, there's nothing right. worse than admitting that failure. So, like, exactly. guys will sometimes he was probably just like, hurt. oh, yeah, yeah. But, like, Brad was like, I don't care. He's like, I got to, I still got the rest of the movie to shoot, man. Right. You know what? Hold on. I got a question. I got another question now. See, you call that, you know, uh, failure. You say he couldn't accept that failure. Let me ask you this, though. Which one do you, do you prefer? A man who can, who comes quick in the scene or a man who struggles to come? Because I, I can see both sides being difficult. 
Dude, that's tough. Um, so if he some guys will come more than once in a scene. Um, if he can come again, cool. You know, at the time <laughs> I need him to come, it's okay if he comes fast first. Right. But if he can't, then I would prefer the guy who takes longer to come because if a guy comes in the first five minutes of the scene right. and then can't get it up again, I don't have a scene. Damn. Um, right. If the guy can do the scene, but then takes 20 minutes to come. Yeah. Like, you know, it, we're sitting around going, what the fuck? But at least in that case, I know I can like, I can fake it. Like with fake right. time, like I just said, right. like I, there's right. something I can do with that, but I can't do anything with a guy who comes at the beginning of the scene and then can't finish it. Then I'm screwed. Gotcha. Okay. Holly. So you said the key buzzword for me to ask my next question. You oh said, man. You said fake it, right? So we talked to Rochelle Ryan, we talked to Sarah J, we talked to Lisa Ann, and we asked him the question of is porn fake? And from your from some of the things that you've said, I'm starting to believe that 100 percent of porn <laughs> is fake, even though a lot of people enjoy watching it and, and seeing like you know, sex and seeing, you know, the you know everything <laughs> into the vagina like all that stuff like I, I i understand that that's real but there's also like just kind of like the theatrical really it's kind of like wrestling almost mm. like yes I, that's actually a great analogy yeah like wwe low? wrestling um we've we've likened it to that before because sometimes you'll see stuff that looks really extreme and really crazy right. right like you'll see like it looks like this guy's fucking this girl so hard and it looks like he's pulling her hair so hard yeah, it right. looks like he's choking her so hard that you can be like oh my god that poor girl but a lot of that is not is, is very much fake like there's ways that the girl can she'll push her head back against the guy's fist mm. to make it look like he's pulling her hair really hard, but he's really not. She's pushing her head back. Um, you know, there's ways to like make it look like he's fucking her really hard, but like, you know, he's, he's not like doing it in a, in a way that, that hurts her. So, right. so yeah, there's a lot of theatrics to it for sure. Um, I mean, yeah, I would say, look, like we're creating a product, right? We're creating a product that we're right. selling. We're creating a fantasy. It's definitely not a hundred percent real all the time. There is, there are fake orgasms all over the place. There are scenes where the two performers hate each other or things are just like, everything's going wrong. But, you know, once we finish it and edit it, everything looks spectacular. But then there are also scenes that are like legitimately really passionate and there's a ton of chemistry between the performers and it's a really like amazing thing to see. Um, th yeah. That's actually really cool. Like when you see two people really connect and, and really like have this amazing scene, like and those kinds of scenes where you call cut and like they don't hear you and they keep fucking. Oh, <laughs> and yeah. then you can be like <laughs> tap them on the shoulder and be like, I need you to stop that on sex, please. Like we need to change positions Ooh, or something like that. So, you know, it's That's a good ass it's, sex. It's right mixed, here, <laughs> yeah. It's a mixed bag. It's, it's all of those things. Um, and I would say that certain performers have more genuine sex than other ones. Um, I would say like Lisa, um, I mean, Lisa Ann was always really great at her scenes. And I think that she, you know, I think that she enjoyed them for the most part, but also too, when I shot Lisa Ann, you know, that's when she was creating her own content. So she was picking the guys that she was working with. Yeah, so she, she, told was picking, that, yeah. she was picking people that she liked. So that made a huge difference. Um, uh, Angela White is a great example of somebody mm. who's like really, truly passionate and has a ton of like sexual energy, energy and chemistry and, and seeing her perform in person is truly like, it's, it's pretty 
awesome. Like you can just see that she really, she's just one of those people. Like she was like born to do this. I can see the expression on your face. So when you start, I feel like a thought came to your mind, like a certain scene came to your mind when you, when you brought her name up. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just like when you, you see her, like she just like, Sexual. The way she looks at her partner, like she's just like, she really loves it. Like she's really into it. And that's really cool, you know, because yeah. there's nothing worse than shooting a sex scene between two people who, who don't like each other or, right. you know, sometimes you get performers who don't want to be there. Sometimes you get girls who, you know, this is not, this is not the right profession for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and that doesn't feel good. So when right. you get to, sh- when you shoot somebody who really is truly enjoying themselves, um, that's, that's a really cool experience. No, I can only imagine that. Now, I have a follow-up to that as well, though. So, obviously, when you're in your zone, you're directing, you're producing, like, you're focused on the work. But you're still you're still a human as well. Has there been times where you're watching one of those passionate scenes and you're like, you kind of catch yourself getting kind of turned on by the scene as you're working? That has, that pretty much never happens um, mm, because I'm so dialed into, into okay. all of the things that I need to worry about. I'm looking at the time, like, have we shot enough, like for this scene, have they spent, an, are they spending too long in this position? Do they right. need to move to the next position? Um, how does the lighting look? What is this camera angle? Like, you know, like I'm looking at, I'm looking at the camera angles. Like, is he getting the penetration right? Where are they going to move next? Like, do we need to move this light? Like there's so many things that I'm thinking about, but I will say that um, there was actually this one time and there's probably been other times, but that I remember that I got like a little bit like kind of turned on. And that was actually right. when I was shooting, and I've told him this, so it's not weird. I was shooting <laughs> Tommy pistol in like okay. a professor's student scene. And he's a great dirty talker. And I really like guys who talk dirty and I never really get to see that because I shoot a lot of porn that's meant for like heterosexual men and Mm. men generally don't want to hear too much from the male performer. They want to hear from the female. Right. So I don't usually get to hear a lot of like guy dirty talk, but Tommy was doing that. And I had like kind of have a thing for like professors. Um, And yeah, just it was, it was pretty hot. And I was like, Oh, this is kind of like, it's kind of cool. So that was like the one time. Do you remember some some of the dirty talk he was saying? <laughs> Come on, yeah, Holly. He, this, this is the porch, Holly. We bring it all on the porch. Gotta, gotta let us know. Don't be shy, Holly. I think it. Now I'm just trying to remember. I've <laughs> so many sex scenes, and this is so long ago. You know, right. I just think it was something along the lines of like, you're not doing well in class, and um, you know, how can you like? how can I let you pass this class without like seeing some initiative on your part? Like that whole kind of, yeah. <laughs> you know, like kind of talking you into like, Oh no professor. Like I really want an A kind of thing. <laughs> and then the, yeah. like being like talked into doing something that's like very taboo. And also like the power dynamic between like the professor and the student is something I'm kind of into. So. Got you. Nice. I love man. it. I love it. So before we transition Holly to our next uh, segment, I got to ask you this, and I, and I know a lot of our listeners want to know, too. Um, I guess what you, you've seen a lot of sex in, in, in your 24 years, right? I guess <laughs> from your experience and things that you like kind of put into your memory bank, bank that work and don't work, what is considered like good sex? Ooh. Um, I mean, I, I really think it's it's just that connection, you know, it's that connection and it's the performers having that they're on the same wavelength. Like if you ever had sex with somebody and like, you just can't get your rhythms in sync. 
Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like right. one person's like going one way and the other person's going the other way. And it's just like right. Right. Falling out. Because Everybody got to rock the boat at the same time. Like, yeah. It's just like, I don't it's know. The motion it's in the like, ocean. Yeah. yeah. There's just like no like synchronicity when, when, when there's that like real connection and, and that kind of intrinsic like body, mm. like, I don't, I don't know. Like there's some kind of, it's almost like choreographed in a way that, that, that just, I don't know, the bodies like know each other and they just move in sync with each other. I what, think that's- What did Lisa call that, uh, Brian? Uh, uh, the sexual, sexual dance. dance. Sexual, the sexual dance. dance. Yeah. Yeah, sexual <laughs> yeah. dancing. Which is something funny. My mom always said that. She's like, sex is like a dance, darling. So. <laughs> I love it. That's cool. Especially, especially if you say it like that, you can just say that in any type of capacity. Yeah. Like, you ready for a sexual dance, darling? Like, yeah, yeah. yeah that sounds good. <laughs> soon as my lady get home, say, sex like a dance, darling. So when she get home, it's like, what are you talking about, Darnell? <laughs> Something I learned on the porch today. Uh, <laughs> now, uh, kind of transitioning to our to our, our next segment here. Um, just had a couple just random fun questions for you. That I'm just kind of I'm just curious to know. So um, obviously you're a married woman now, so I'm just speaking in general. What about a man, you know, turns you on? Like, what what, what was it, even if you want to talk about your husband specifically or, or just a man in general, what, what is it about a man that just turns highly on? A confidence, 100%, mm. is like the most important thing for me. Um, the guy that I dated before my husband is not somebody that, um, like I would say, like I would... S- let's say I wouldn't like swipe right on Tinder for him. You're right. Um, but I met him in like another capacity and just his like sense of self-confidence was very attractive to me. Somebody who, you know, feels really good about themselves, who has like a sense of direction, who yeah. has agency, who has like their own life, honestly, like their own like group of friends, their own hobbies, like somebody who's not going to suffocate me somebody who's not going to like depend on me to be their everything, somebody who's independent. That's really important to me. Gotcha. I love it. Confidence is key. Confidence is key. Bono. Confidence is key. <laughs> so uh, the next question um, we have here for you is, so talk to us a little bit about like growing up, right? Everybody had that little phase where like, we were just like watching porn and like sneaking. <laughs> I know you said you got magazines. So since seeing that you were so close to it, uh, did you watch porn growing up at all? Mm. Um, no, I think I might have found I did actually yes. I remember I did find a porn movie in my parents' stash and I watched <laughs> it and I, I just remember cuz like the premise was really weird. It was this girl who had who and there was a lot of production value to it. She went downstairs, <laughs> her husband, her parents had set her up with a blind date. The guy was really cheesy looking and like nerdy looking and she was not interested in him. And then, so she went up, Sarah's really disappointed. And then like, for some reason, her hot neighbor climbed in through the window. They had sex on the bed. And as they were having, they like cut back and forth between them having sex on the bed and the parents and the nerdy date downstairs, like seeing the ceiling rock and like pieces of right. falling through. <laughs> And then I swear to God, at the end, I feel like I remember the bed falling through the ceiling into the middle of the living room, like Mm -hmm. while they were still having sex in front of like the parents and the nerdy date. But now that I think about that, I think to myself, like that would have been such an expensive thing to shoot back in the 80s. And I feel like porn didn't have the budget for that. So maybe I imagined that last part. (laughs) Oh, it might have just been a creative dream. uh, Add that to the script. A, A future scene. There you go. 
Again, though, I said it would be too expensive to shoot <laughs> right, that last right. part. So with a budget, we'll figure it, out. That, it ain't going to happen. We'll Maybe find we'll a budget. C- we'll CGI it. <laughs> right, right, right. Exactly. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I remember that, but like I didn't really know there wasn't a lot of like, because remember my mom was really, she, she directed a couple of movies mm. um, back in the 80s, but really she was a photographer. That was her main right, thing was right. she shot for, a, I mean, Back in the day, adult magazines were the thing, and and you could make a living off of just shooting photos for adult magazines. Man, times have changed. Times have yeah. changed. Uh, now, now, one more I have for you here as well. So, being around sex all day, like on the job, just in general, you you know, whether it's you or just speaking to other peers in the industry, do you feel like that can have like a negative effect on like? personal life you know what i'm saying just like a lot of times you don't want to bring work home so to speak right so it's like i can see myself if i was in the industry around sex 24 7 i can see it being two ways either a i'm horny all the, all the time or b i just don't want to even be around sex because i've been it's been on my mind all day like what is from your experience what does that affect been like yeah no i definitely think that it's jaded me quite a bit and it's made me um yeah i i, I think it's made, it's hard for me to separate work from, from real life. I mean, I've definitely like been having sex before and I've said things and in my head, I'm like, God, I sound like a fucking porn star. You know (laughs) what I mean? And then I'm just like, I don't like that. Like that just feels like unauthentic. So um, yeah, it definitely, it it can be a struggle for sure. But I'm, you know, I just try to make it about like my, I mean, now, you know, my connection with my husband, Right. Um, but yeah, I would, I, it, it's definitely, um, I, I don't think it's helped. Got you. Got you. Nah, interesting. I, I definitely understand that. Like I said, I, I can just see it depending on who you are. I can see it being, being both sides. So yeah. uh, that makes a lot of sense. So, uh, okay. So final segment here, this is just our doorbell segment. It's our quick hitter. So we'll just ask you a few, uh, a few questions. You, you give us like, you know, a, a one to two line statement on each one. And then and we go from there. So Bolo, I'll start it off. And then, um, and, and then, you, and you can jump in. So, yes, sir. Um, you shot with a ton of beautiful people throughout your career, but who would you say is the sexiest person you've ever shot with, man or woman, like whoever? Who who's like one? I'm putting you on the spot. Who's that sexiest person you've ever shot with? Mm. <laughs> Listen, before you answer, we're not dissing anybody else you shot with. You're just saying that this is the one person that just kind of separated him or herself from the pack so hard because there's so many good ones um i would say i would say probably angela white i feel like everybody says angela white she's just like living breathing sex always we gotta get we gotta get angela white on the porch you're like the third person who's brought her up to us Third she's, person, literally, always. She's in the amazing. I mean, she's probably like one of the most famous porn stars in the world for a reason. But she's also like we in the industry really love her because she is so professional and she's so cool and she's so humble and she's just like incredibly smart. I mean, she's just like she's just awesome. <laughs> she's really. Awesome. We love you. If you're listening right now, we all love you, man. <laughs> <laughs> Simple as that. Okay, cool, cool, Bolo. Okay, uh, so next one here. What's the biggest dif- difference between uh, porn in the, back in the day when you first started versus porn now? Ooh, that's a tough one right um, there. When I first started, I mean, quality. I think the quality is mm. 
much better now and it's easier to get better quality because the cameras are so much better. The lights are so much better. I mean, technology's really brought us a long way. Mm-hmm. Got you. Got now, you. now, now to add to that has the, has the act, I guess the acting or the uh, sex and did it improve from, from then to now, or is it pretty much kind of like the same type of wave you see? I think the acting has improved. I think that there's a lot of people who come into the adult industry now really looking at it as a serious career choice and something Mm -hmm. that they want to pursue and they want to really excel at. I think before nobody ever came into porn thinking like, this is going to be my long lasting career that I'm going to be in. I'm going to build a brand. I'm going to be self-sustainable. I'm going to have a retirement fund. I'm going to invest in real estate. Like people didn't come into porn thinking that I think they came in thinking like I need money and this is like a quick buck. And then like, I'll figure out what I'm going to do with my life. So you have people who come in who like take acting classes because like they really want to, you know, be really successful and they want to do big features and they want to be proud of their work. Um, We also have just a lot more people in the industry now than we used to. I mean, the stigma is still there, but it's it's less than it used to be. So we just have a wider pool of people that coming in. So that just means more, you know, just by sheer numbers Mm -hmm. and ratio, there's more talented people coming in. Right. Um, So and then the sex, I think, yeah, probably same thing, because, again, like just a wider pool of people, more people coming in people who are more in tune with their sexuality, Mm -hmm. um, people who are, you know, exhibitionists. Um, There's definitely still people coming in who are doing it for a quick buck, but I feel like because there's more people who are coming in, like looking at it as a sustainable career and something that they really want to get into, um, you're getting like a better quality of porn star. Got you. Makes a lot of sense. Makes a lot of sense. Okay. So final quick hitter here from a woman's perspective. Break this down to the porch. Which option is harder, performing oral sex or riding your man? From a woman's perspective, which option is harder? And tell us why. Mm. Jesus, riding your man because of fucking like leg day. Jesus Christ. Especially reverse cowgirl. Let me tell you something. No girl likes reverse cowgirl. It's just like doing why not on it because it's like doing fucking squats. We like over it and over knees, again. Them quads, them hamstrings. Got to dude. Be. It's exhausting. It's called um, sacrifice, Holly. <laughs> it's called sacrifice. <laughs> <laughs> and it's the position that everybody wants to see in porn because you see the whole girl, you see the vagina, you see the boobs, like. It's the one position that everybody loves, but it's like every girl's least favorite position. Mm, it's a good, it's a good so position. <laughs> Look at Bolo's face. Why you make that face when you say he had a flashback? Talk <laughs> <laughs> about a flashback, man. You gotta be, in, you gotta be in some shape. I feel like you gotta be kind of in tune with them knees, and yeah, mm-hmm. and that's why right. That way wrong. Mm-hmm. Shout out to the ladies. Well, Holly, man, thank you so much for for joining the party. It's been a pleasure just getting to know you. Um, you've been you shared a lot of gems but about the behind the scenes and production that we had no idea about. So we appreciate you. Um, take this is your time right here to let the people know, let the porch fans know where they can find you. Um, anything you're working on that you want to promote. Um, I know you have your own OnlyFans account as well. So mm-hmm. this is your time right here to shout out everything you're doing. Let's go. Uh, thank you. Uh, you can find me on Instagram and on Twitter at Holly Randall, just literally my name, by the way, I am shadow banned on both apps. So, um, if you have a hard time finding me, just 
literally put into Google Holly Randall Twitter and then I'll come up. It's it's super annoying. Crazy. Um, I do have an OnlyFans account. It's onlyfans.com slash Holly Randall. Um, I only shoot news. I don't shoot anything explicit. I don't do sex stuff. So don't come in there and ask me for pictures of my asshole because you won't get it. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know what it is about guys and assholes. Like that's like the number one request I get. Really? Yeah, that is crazy. So Let me weird. see your booty, girl. Let me see. Right now, but not, not just like, the booty. That will see the asshole, the not just asshole. the whole ass. No, that specifically the asshole. A close of an asshole, Bolo. That's crazy. <laughs> I don't care somehow. <laughs> your asshole, girl. <laughs> and then, of course, uh, my podcast is Holly Randall Unfiltered. Um, you can find it on all podcast platforms. My YouTube channel is YouTube.com/slash Holly Randall Unfiltered. We love it. it. We love it. Peace, blessings. We appreciate it, Holly. Um, Go. We we definitely can continue to just kind of follow follow you and follow your work. Um, everybody listening in, you know where to find us. D Porch Podcast underscore. We are on Instagram. We on TikTok. We on YouTube. And you know when you're rocking with us, every day is a good day. And you know how we leave them every time we leave them. D Nail. Hey, yes, make sure that the best you is, is the best you. <laughs> and we out. Family, we out. Peace. Started on the porch. That was where it all began. Had to put it work every day we got it in we chased all our dreams and now they can't believe it we make it look easy we achieving everything we need now we undefeated if we link no it's only business if we get to speak and leave them speechless i did things for free but now it costs to see me when you see me you ain't gotta greet me just don't plot to sneak me i'ma see you i'ma stop and watch you lose and get defeated Presented by Bet Online. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B L E A V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.